Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're finishing up Horror Month with 1933's The Invisible Man, directed by James Whale and starring Claude Rains and Gloria Stewart. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Um, I watched The Many Saints of Newark. Um, oh, you know, if, I've never seen it. Okay, well, if, yeah. if, you, if you didn't watch The Sopranos, then you have no reason to see this movie. Okay. Because it's it's a, an extension of like the Sopranos universe. It yeah. goes back in time and like you know gets into a character that was only mentioned in the series, and um, it was it really polarized fans of the Sopranos um, because there's a lot of fan service in it. Okay, and people don't like fan service these days. Yeah, and um, did people ever like fan service? I don't know. Okay. Ma- maybe I was just. Maybe we were all just too young to know <laughs> what, what fan service was when it started happening. But like, yeah. Um, there's a couple moments in this movie where like it literally is just, you know, like the movie is winking at you if you if you are a hardcore fan of the series. Yeah. And um a couple times they, they, they do the same gag twice and I was like, Okay, let's everybody settle down. <laughs> you know, um but I I probably liked it more than some of the fans who like to go online and start, okay. you know, like uh immediately giving their opinions. Um but like I don't know. I if it's probably something that you need to see if you are a Sopranos fan. But if you didn't watch The Sopranos, you will not. You, you'll have nowhere to go with this movie. You won't okay. know anything. See, that kind of sucks that it can't stand alone. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Uh, so you were a total mark for this one. Yes, I was. Okay. I marked out a couple times. Ooh. You know. Yeah. Uh, other times I was like getting a little impatient, but that's okay <laughs> because like you know it, it's okay when you're a Sopranos uh, smark, as it were. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Cool. Yes. Um, I watched Q the Winged Serpent. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's uh, one of Larry Cohen's cult films from the 80s. I think he made it right before he made The Stuff. Um, yeah. So it also has, from The Stuff, uh, Michael Moriarty's in it yes, as he the is. main character. He's actually really good in this role. Um, <laughs> he plays like this low-level, kind of low-intelligence getaway driver kind of guy. And he gets mixed up in like a jewel heist gone wrong, and he has the diamonds and has to hide them and stuff. And he finds this giant nest at, like, the top of the Chrysler building in New York City. (laughs) And he hides it up there. And apparently, it's the nest of Quetzalcoatl, who has been summoned back by, like, like some rituals or something. Right. So that's why it's called Q, because, you know, Quetzalcoatl starts with Q. Right, exactly. If you don't know anyone in the Aztec world, he was, like, a a god of of whatever, you know, a giant Thunderbird-type creature. Um and he starts terrorizing New York City. <laughs> or she, I guess, because it's a nest and there's eggs. Yeah. Um, it sounds fucking ridiculous, and it is. Right. It's uh, pretty entertaining, though. Um, David Carradine is in it as, like, the police officer who's on the case. And uh, no one believes him because he's <laughs> talking about this giant bird thing. If they would just look in the air, they if would they believe would just him. Look, I mean, my God. They try to cover the tracks by saying maybe it knows to hide in the Ugh. sun so that no one can really see what it is. That movie is so well, frustrating. You know he can't hide in the sun at every possible no, angle. Exactly. I mean, anyone, <laughs> any other cop in the NYPD could just look in the air and they believe David yes, Carey's exactly. story. So, I mean... The thing in this movie that's really cool is the creature is all stop motion. Yes. And it's, it's really, really good work, actually. It looks it really good. It's it, impressive. It looks like early 80s stop motion, but um, it is quite impressive. And, and it it's really fun to watch. Yes. He, especially when he's attacking everybody and terrorizing the cops and 
eating these bikini babes and you know whatever (laughs) but um it's fun it's a little the ending's a little weak it's just silly and kind of dumb but you know it it was a good time right all right so now let's talk about a classic dave Mm -hmm. 1933's the invisible man not the newer one that came out which also was pretty good also very good uh but why don't you give everyone a synopsis yes uh so this is one of the big universal horror films from the 1930s and um, it's based on the H.G. Wells novel, of course, in which a scientist invents the invisibility serum. And when he realizes he'll never be able to come up with an antidote, it drives him to madness and he begins to terrorize the nation using his power. Um, this film is full of gallows humor and features some of the most impressive special effects in movie history. Uh, I have a feeling that a good portion of our discussion will be, as always, discussing the larger themes, but also trying to explain the movie magic on display. Yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And also, it's brought to you by the NRA, apparently. <laughs> That's like the first thing that popped up on the screen. Like, it was like, it, you get the universal logo with the airplane or uh-huh. something, and then there's like a title card saying, like, support the NRA or something like that. I was like, really? Wow. That's in this movie? I, that's, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, all right, 1930s. Keep, keep it down a little bit. Oh, keep man, it down. Geez. We're almost in Hoover's America, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so the movie kicks off with a bang. Literally, the NRA. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but no, it actually kicks off. There's there's a guy walking through the snow, and he, he sees like a village kind of in the distance, and he's obviously been traveling quite a ways, and he's, he's probably tired and weary. And he yeah. Sees this, he goes towards this pub, and we see the interior of this pub. It's the Lion's Head Pub. And you see guys like playing piano and playing darts, drinking beer. It's a, a raucous time in here. Right. Every, all the locals come here and hang out and it's a good time every night, you know. I love the the set dressing here, of course, of just, you know, like it, it's weird. I'll say at the top, um, I saw Amazon Women on the Moon long before I saw The Invisible Man. Yes. You know. And we did an episode <laughs> on the Amazon Women on the Moon way back. And yeah. one of the it, that movie is a series of sketches, and one of the sketches is is a parody of it's the invisible son man. of the invisible man. Yes. <laughs> and Ed, it's shot in black and white in the same, like James Whale style. And Ed Bagley jr. Plays the Claude rains role. And the gag of course, is that he, he hasn't come up with the invisibility serum. He thinks he has, but he's just walking around naked in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like this, when I first saw this movie, I was like taken. I was like, Oh my gosh, are they using the same sets here? It's almost it, shot for shot. It is. Um, but the, the, the way they constructed it on this film, like, I love the the bar that has the casks of all the different liquors. Yeah, behind it, it just says like rye, yes, gin, right, <laughs> bourbon. You know, yeah. and I'm like, hey, that that's kind of great. You know, that that'd be a real uh, a real easy way to learn the trade. You know, <laughs> very simple. Sure, you don't exactly. Got all these different blends or anything. It's like you want whiskey. This tub here is yeah, whiskey. That's right. You know, <laughs> it was probably brought there by Saint Bernard. You yes, know, it was on the neck. <laughs> they, you'd have to in the snowstorm. I guess you dude. would. Yeah. So everyone's having a good time here. Then the door swings open and this man walks in and everyone gets silent. It's like, what the heck is going on? Right. You know, the stranger has walked into town. Yes. Um, and he's all wrapped up, you know, which, you know, you're in the snow. You might want to be wrapped up in a scarf and all this stuff. But his face is like bandaged up around it. And he has these like, aviator goggles on. Yes. He, he looks quite mysterious. Yeah. And that hat, like a Bogart hat on him yes. and everything. It's quite an image. Like oh, it, yeah. this is this has become an iconic Halloween costume. Yeah. 
I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, it's like if you walk around this way, everyone knows who you are. Yeah. You know, you got bandages on your face and you're wearing gloves and a suit. You're the invisible man. My dad used to work at a bar and they'd have a Halloween party every year. And he said one day this guy, regular, came in as the invisible man. He looked exactly like Claude Sweet, Rains. man. And my dad said after a few hours, the guy was like, I can't fucking breathe in this thing. <laughs> Trying to drink beer through the bandages and stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah, no doubt, man. Jeez, that would... Oh, that would suck, but yeah. But a good costume. Yeah. And, and like, when you think about, like, making the costume, like, to, to be able to, to construct the bandages so that it looks good and that there's hair coming through it. Yeah. And that you can, like, actually still see yeah. and that kind of thing. I mean, that, that wouldn't be uh, too easy. Yep. So, of course, the room stops and everyone's like, who's this weird guy here? And he's like, I need a room. Uh, I need a fire. I need food, you know? And so <laughs> they don't have a room ready and they get them one yeah. upstairs. So it's kind of like the, you know, the bar and the hotel local yep. place, you know, it's an inn. It's an inn. Yes. Um, so they get him a room. Una O'Connor is this woman who runs the bar. Wow. It's the wife of the, the guy who runs the bar. Yeah. And she's the one in charge, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Una O'Connor, she she is. Yeah. She's very much in charge of this relationship. Yeah. Uh, she, she calls the shots and like, if you see other James Whale films, you know Una O'Connor. Yeah. Um, she was a she has one of the best screams, you know, it's in like movie a history. shrill shriek yes. almost. It's it breaks the eardrum, really. I, it's it's like so piercing. Yeah. And like yeah. um man, I I, I can't imagine that, like, you know, anyone going to the movies back then had never heard such a thing, you know, I and because, I mean, like, we're just coming into, like, the sound period. It's been a few years. Right. Yeah. And here's this this lady, this weird <laughs> lady who's just, like, shrieking through the whole runtime. Really oh, something. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so he goes upstairs, and everyone downstairs, of course, like, talking, like, oh, what the hell is this guy? He's a criminal. He's, right. He escaped. He's hiding. Blah, blah, blah. Don't trust him. Yeah. That kind of They're stuff. They're all speculating about who he is yeah. and what he's doing. Yeah. Right. And so he tells Uno O'Connor, like, hey, I need some food, um, but I need to be left alone, that kind of stuff. She brings him food, and he's like, okay, leave me alone. And she he's, forgot the mustard. Yes. Which, travesty. Come on. You got to add the mustard, right? <laughs> what was he even eating? I don't even know. I, it's like soup. You yeah, don't exactly. mustard. I, I, mean, I guess that's the weird thing. <laughs> is like they just put mustard on everything in the 1930s, I yeah. guess. Like, he wants to be left alone, lady. Just if he wants mustard, he'll, like, come calling for it, you know? <laughs> right. So she goes back upstairs and opens the door and kind of catches him like unraveling, but he stops. Like yeah. he, he almost gets caught right right here and he gets pissed off. And I said the 1930s, but of course the story is likely taking place in Victorian times because it's based on the Wells, you know, not. Yeah, yeah. So um but yeah, the and throughout this whole thing with with uh Griffin, as we come to find Dr. Yeah. Griffin, Dr. Jack Griffin, played by Claude Rains. Um, he's being very forceful and like kind of mean to everybody he sees. He's yeah. demanding. He's like, you know, and bring me some food. He's entitled. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he, he wants them to like, you know, like go go get his his other luggage at the train station and stuff like that. And, you know, can you send away for it? And she's like, well, not till the morning. And he's like, very well. And it's, it's like, like is there, there's no way you can do it tonight. Right. No, no, we can't. All right, well, very well then. It's a blizzard outside, yeah. dude. You just walked through it. You know that, that like... Carry your own damn luggage. Exactly. You know, <laughs> if you want it so bad, then just bring it with you. Oh, man. Yeah. What an ass. Yes. Um, but, yeah, he, he almost gets caught. Um, and that leads to other speculation, you know, from, from the other patrons of the bar. She yeah. goes downstairs and, like, kind of giving them reports about what she's seeing. Yeah. And in uh, in your workplace, when you find out 
like the aftermath of something like somebody got let go or, yeah. so, you know, somebody was, you know, laid off or whatever. Something happened with somebody. Um, HR doesn't want anybody to know what happened. Right. So <laughs> that leads to just like the, the, this atmosphere of mistrust and the wild speculation that takes place right. that just like, and there's a ripple effect of it where the story just gets wilder and wilder as it, you know, especially when you like work in a company that's like nationwide. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't ask for 100% transparency at all times. I understand there's legal reasons that you can't, you know, like disseminate this information. Right. But it creates this, this all these lies that start getting told. Because yeah. some people act like they actually know what's happening. And in this case with the Invisible Man, like, people are speaking authoritatively in this scene about, like, what's actually going on. Right. And they're not even close. Yeah. He's a killer on the loose. Yes. Yeah. It's like, no. You should... You're just drunk. Exactly. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> You're just drunk. <laughs> and she comes down and says, that obviously, he's been in an accident. Uh-huh. And just leave him alone. Yeah. Which, okay. Good on you, that's Uno the, O'Connor. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's the most plausible, even if it's incorrect. I well, he's mean, covered like, in bandages exactly. head to toe. I, but that, yeah. Okay. He's, got, he's in an accident. And he doesn't want you to see him. Yes. Yeah. Probably because he's disfigured. There it and is. And he's on the mend. There it is. Come on, people. <laughs> but anyway, now we get a scene of Flora... Uh, who is his love interest in the movie? Yeah, um, she's talking to her father, who is also uh, a scientist. Right. Play, and Flora's played by Gloria Stewart. Yes. Um, and uh, the uh, the her father, the scientist, is yeah, Doctor Cranley. Doctor Cranley, played by Henry Travers. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of in charge of the this group of scientists, I guess. Right. Like he's the head of it. Yes. I, I don't know. It's a weird thing that yeah, yeah they they live in this um, in a house that's like all glass. You know, and it's very large. Yes, yeah. it, it looks like a 1930s movie set, um, and that's what I love yeah. about it. Yeah. Th- there's a moment where they're like going from uh, where one character like goes from room to room. Yeah, and they actually walk around the fake wall. They do. It's awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's when like Kemp walks through the room to yeah. comfort um, Flora. Yes. Um, Kemp, Doctor Kemp, played by William Harrigan, and he's awesome in this movie. Yes. He. I was going to say he's my favorite, but I don't know, man. He's, I just love him in this movie. He would be a good candidate for your favorite if he weren't quite such a loser. Yes. Oh, like, so Flora's, like, upset because, like, Jack Griffin's been missing, right? Yes. So he, she, and that's that's her partner. She's in love, right? They're yeah. going to get married. You know, right. Blah, 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 blah. You know, 1930s story. So <laughs> they, <laughs> but, um. <laughs> Like as soon as she's saying like how upset she is about all this, he swoops in and he is makes trying his to like, move. He's like, "Please let me tell you how I feel about you." Oh man! What? So that's good. If you tell her how you feel, she's gonna like change her tune all of a sudden. And just saying that line, she's like, "Oh man, my fiance's missing. I haven't seen him. He hasn't talked to me." Well, you know what? Will make you feel better if you loved me. That's so stupid. <laughs> I, you know, when you lay it out like that, yeah, it's, I mean, when you see it and when you just do like what Scott said, yeah, obviously that is the dumbest fuck. I mean, if he had waited like two minutes, yeah, it's it might've gone differently. Yeah. Kemp. Yes. Ugh. You might be smart in the world of science, but not in the world of love. No, he, he knows nothing about the heart. Certainly. <laughs> you know, right. Only chemicals. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, they're all desperate because they don't know where Jack is. He like disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. He was working on something secret. Something men shouldn't work on apparently is what they keep saying. Um, and he, he just ran off without saying a word. 
and like Kemp even tells Flora something about like, you know, he, he uses what the, the terms he just said, like something men shouldn't work on. And he, he mentions his own work about how, well, I guess it's not too sexy, but it saves lives. Isn't that good? Isn't that, you know, like she's, she's trying to like kind of make his case to be her mate. Yeah. You know, right. that's his motivation throughout all of this. Yeah. And I, I have to say we, we were going to get to it later, but I'll just say it since we're talking about it right now, especially Kemp being kind of such an idiot. Um, He's got a picture of Flora on his mantelpiece. I know, right? And that's that's like his colleague's fiance. You it's have not... another man's lady friend <laughs> on your mantle. You're a creep. Yeah, yeah, creeper for yeah. sure. Um, I mean, all those windows in that house—he's looking through <laughs> those know windows, he is, dude. You know, he, he wishes is. he was invisible. <laughs> Ooh, we went here quick. I know. Um, <laughs> Anyway, like we're we're talking a lot of trash on Kemp, um, saying he's an idiot and stuff. He's actually a really smart guy. He's intelligent, put together. You yeah. know, he's just being kind of buffoonish with this uh, approach to this woman. Of course, and, yeah. and the story like puts that in there to to you know see so you can see how desperate he is. Right, and it, it creates an antagonistic relationship between him and Griffin. Yeah, you know, like um, there's always something there. This tension between the two of them. Yes, and the main point of it is Flora. Um, so we cut back to the inn and apparently he's been there a couple weeks now. He's been working on trying to find a cure to this. We haven't seen him invisible yet. Have we, or did we, um, we had, no, we have not. We okay. only saw like what, what, uh, Uno Connor saw. Okay. Right. So, um, he's, he's working on some experiments in, in that room he's in. He keeps saying, there's gotta be a way back. I'll, I've got to figure this out, you know? Um, and she, Uno O'Connor walks in again and ruins his experiment. She didn't leave him alone like he asked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she barges in the door. Um, yeah. and he She's bringing him food, supper or something. Yes, yes. And, you know, Claude Rains, a dynamite performance from top to bottom in this yeah. movie. Um, and and he's, he's obviously like, this performance is uh, great in that you don't see very much of him. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's obviously the one under the bandages, but you right. never see his face until the very last scene of the movie. Right. And it's all just voice work, and um, he's speaking through the bandages, just like yeah. your dad's friend at the at the <laughs> yeah, costume right? party. Um, <laughs> and he really, he really gives the all the dialogue socks. You know, like yeah. he, he's he's going after it. He's a really passionate actor, and he, and he's uh he's showy and he's very yes. theatrical. Yes, and um, it's it's kind of the opposite of his character from Casablanca. Yeah, you know, in Casablanca, he's much more laid back. Um, yep. and even though it's, it's a hammy performance in, in that movie, it's still like, he's very laconic and just, you know, uh, cynical. And in this one, he is really going for something. Right. Um, because he has to, it, it makes sense too, because we learned that the serum he's invented, like the, a side effect is madness. Yeah. You know, it'll drive you crazy. Right. So this over the top theatrical nature of the way he speaks makes sense with the character. Itself. It does. Like, yeah. But also, I think that's the way he spoke at the time, kind of. And that's, <laughs> yes. that's partly why they cast him. Yeah. Because, like, all right, we don't really need to get, like, physical performances out of him that right. much. Like, some, right? Right. But not you don't need to see his face at all. Like, facial expression is not something to worry about. Like, his voice is just going to be carrying this. Yes. And that voice, man, they loved it. And it's part of also James Whale. One of the, the legacies of his career is that he brought England to Hollywood. Yeah. Um, because it was after the advent of sound, um, 
many, many people, as we know, many actors did not make the transition from silent to sound films uh, because their their acting style just didn't translate. Right. Um, and they had some of them had weird voices, too. Um, that just didn't go well. Um, so they needed now people to talk on camera. And who did they have? Well, they have these, uh, you know, British thespians right. who have very pleasant voices. And, um, you know, Claude Rains was one of them, one of the early or earliest ones. Yeah. Um, you go back and watch, uh, you know, uh, Boris Karloff and Ernest Thesiger in Frankenstein, Elsa Lanchester, everything. You know, it's it's all yeah. it, it's James Whale's entire troupe. What were these people? Colin Clive, same thing. Um, and Claude Rains was one of the more more talented ones. Obviously, he, he stands out, you know, yeah. even amongst a group of really good actors. He's he's one of the top. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and like all dialogue from, you know, for the next 30 years stems from this. You I know, know. that transatlantic way of speaking yeah, is yeah. all out of this. Yes, exactly. So a yeah. real forerunner. Yeah, definitely was. Um, so the experiment gets ruined because she serves him supper yes. and he gets pissed off. She's like, well, supper's at four and it's four. She, she's <laughs> really like putting her foot down like, hey, asshole, I it's know. time to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. And he's... And like he's not having it, and he he does the whole thing of like where it's what his first real dramatic moment where he you know he's looking at his beaker, holding it up, and he says something like you know uh, an entire morning's work ruined by yeah. a st- uh, by a disgusting hysterical woman or whatever. Yeah, and it's it's like and he throws it at the wall. And I mean yeah. like to throw your chemicals at the wall in your essentially your hotel room uh-huh. where you're gonna be liable for it. Uh, I, I know you're invisible, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're crazed right now, but, but dude, just, just take a moment. Take a, cal- calm down. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> she goes downstairs to her husband and is like, you need to kick him out. Yes. And he's like, well, maybe we give him till morning. And she's like, no, he leaves now or I leave now, uh-huh. basically is right. what she tells him. Right. And he's like, all right. He goes up and kicks him out. And he's like, it's either you or the wife. So it's gotta be you. Yes. <laughs> And he's and and you know like like fair play to this guy yeah like I I thought he was gonna go up there and be a real milk toast about things yeah. when I first saw it and no he's he's like pretty forceful yeah you know? he is he's taking care of business right so Claude Rains doesn't want it though he throws him down the stairs because he starts touching his scientist stuff I know and and he's <laughs> exactly he starts like you know and and I mean yeah the 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 whole thing where. You know, the, the innkeeper is like telling him, no, you know, he keeps keep, like Claude Rains keeps begging him, you know, yeah. well, but I'll get money. So and so. And he's like, no, right now. And he's like, help me pack this stuff up. And he goes over and starts messing with the with the yeah, yeah. like the, the science stuff. Yeah. So he gets pissed and he throws him down the stairs. Yeah. This guy tumbles, man. Yeah. It's a it's <laughs> there's like no safety on set. No, back in this day. <laughs> this is 1933. There's a, there's a scene later when the cop gets hit with like a bar stool. That's a real stool. That guy really got walloped. Like they, like he picks it up. The invisible man picks it up, so it's like floating on a string, you know. Yes. And he drops it on his head. Uh-huh. This is a real fucking stool dropped on this guy's head, made of sturdy English oak. <laughs> yes, probably, yes. you know, this is a solid bar stool. <laughs> man, yeah, yeah. The movies. Um, so this causes like everyone freaks out now. Like we'll get the cops and everything. We'll call the cops. And yep. This constable comes and he's like, "All right, then." Like. Boy. Come, yeah, this guy is just something. this guy really, man. What a piece of shit. He, he is. He is one of the dumbest cops in a, you know, he, he doesn't believe anything he hears. Yep. Like when the whole town is telling you there's an invisible man on the loose <laughs> and your instinct is you're going to lock up everybody for, for lying to the cops. I mean, yeah. like, it's just like, it's so frustrating. 
This guy's funny, man. He's funny. No, it's really funny, and and it's a great it's He's a great so device for the movie. But like, like I, it's, it's just yeah, you're watching it going, you know, like wow, this whole thing could be solved if you weren't quite such an idiot, right? You know? So he does go up to the room, right? And yes. the whole town's like following him, like to look <laughs> yes. and help. You know, I guess because a small town, like all the all the villagers are gonna help. You know, right, right, because uh, we got to. Maybe they're all volunteer sheriff deputies or something. Yeah, they've know. all been deputized, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. But he goes in the room. He's standing in the door, and Claude Rain just stand there. He's like, "No, just let me go. Come on, like, I'll, I'm leaving." And the, the constable just is like, "No, you're coming with me." He says, "You've committed assault. That's what you've done. And you can come along to the station with me. Come along now. Come quietly, unless you want me to put the handcuffs on." And the invisible man says, "Stop where you are. You don't know what you're doing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know I, I think this is where we need to just t- start talking about some of the technical aspects yeah 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 um and i i read some i read into it a little bit um there was this guy john fulton who who oversaw the effects on the on okay. that movie yeah and he worked with james whale and the director of photography arthur edison to create the invisibility cloak and when you read about it, you really start to marvel at the craftsmanship. Yeah. Um, even when you're watching it, of course you are. But when you really, when you get into it, it's like, oh my gosh, these, these, you know, this level of know-how just isn't part of what we do anymore in our lives. You know, in the September 1934 issue of American Cinematographer, uh, Fulton laid out exactly how they did it. Uh, they shot against a completely black set with the walls and floors covered in black velvet to make it non-reflective. Mm-hmm. Um, then Claude Rains would put on a black velvet bodysuit along with whatever clothes he required for the scene on top of the suit. Yep. They'd use the, the negative from the shoot they, to make a print. And then they, a duplicate negative was made to serve as a matte background. And then they composited the first printing of the positive of the background and normal action <laughs> using the negative matte to cover up the area where Griffin appears. Yep. Um, then they somehow had to match the lighting on the visible clothes with the general lighting used in the scenes. And, you know, as we, we can see a couple times, yeah. like they didn't quite get there. Yeah. You know, um, but you give them a break because what they're doing is still so jaw dropping yeah. that you just, you know, okay, who cares if it's not flawless 90 years later? Um, it looks as good as any like modern green screen. It does. Removal. It does. Like, it's, it's good. There, there's flaws, obviously. Yes. You can see some like outlining and blurring occasionally or yep. tearing around where they're composited together, but right. like it looks phenomenally good. I, I'm just like, I'm every time I watch this, I'm always just blown away. And I, I want more of the invisible man scenes. Yeah. I, I want more of the clothing, you know, walking around. Yeah. Um, and I was so far into the research on this with like, you know, figuring out how they did with the, you know, like what I just described. Yeah. I then very stupidly, this is probably the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever done. I was like, well, what about the scenes where he is not wearing clothes? And I was like, yeah. well, wait a minute. Of course, it's, Claude Rains isn't there. <laughs> That's how they did it, dumbass. They just recorded his voice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Dave. See, you were you were like so intrigued yeah. by this. You're like, well, what about that? <laughs> I when I realized, it took me about thirty yeah. seconds to. Re- it didn't. It did take too long to realize it. But I was like, oh, yeah. oh, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. just think for a second. Yeah. Um. And I I there's a shot in a mirror that they had to do. Yeah. Where he's looking in a mirror and removing the bandages. They had to do like four composites for that. They had to do the first the guy yeah with, with the costume on then. They had to do the the room, and then they had to do the mirror, and then they had to do the room in the mirror, and put that all together. 
imagine how complex that is for this time period. Like that is even nowadays, that's a lot of work and to do it right. That's you got to be spot on and you have to be so patient, mm-hmm. you know, like when you, when you're doing this, putting it together, because you're going to mess up a couple of times yeah. and you're going to mess up probably 12 times before you get it right. And to get it to where like it's presentable, I mean, like, yep. yeah, I, I, I can't imagine the level, like the, the meticulousness that, that, that that's required to, yeah. to, to pull, pull this kind of thing off. Yeah. And I know in one of the sequels, I don't remember which one, there's like four or five sequels to mm. this movie, but um, it's probably like the third or fourth one. It's later yeah. in the fifties, I think even. Right. Um, they do camera movement with these invisible shots. Ooh. This is before you had like programmable tracks and stuff. And right. like, this is all just. Someone's got to move the camera themselves, and they figured out a way to get that to work wow. with this technology. Like that's some awesome stuff, right? Groundbreaking, it is. And and this scene that we left off on, where where the reveal is happening, uh, where the constable and all the the townsfolk are, are outside the the room, um, he decides he's just gonna okay. Well, here the, the jig is up exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm caught. I'm gonna reveal myself, and and he starts to remove the bandages. Yeah, and he's laughing maniacally while it's happening. Yep, he's he's all like, "Well, you asked for it, exactly. Ha, you yes. guys want to see what I look like? Uh huh. <laughs> I've heard you talking. <laughs> well, here it is. Yes." Just, Going over the top like this, and uh-huh. the bandages come off. And when he takes off the bandages, you can see nothing. No. Like, there should be a head there. Yeah. But but the bandages are coming off like they would. You know, it looks exactly like it would. Because they filmed it like that with the black velvet where they're hiding it. But, like, man. I know. It looks so good. And he, cause, and it starts out with, like you like you said, just there with all the mat and everything. And then when they do the close-up, when he's, like, laughing. Yeah. Um. I even like this where they're using like a, a wire dummy uh-huh. um, where you can see that like he's taking off the bandages. It's kind of really flimsy and flopping around like a little the, bit. It's just a, a shirt, a buttoned yes. up shirt kind yes. of floating around. <laughs> <You Yeah. know? laughs> they used like a similar effect in like rock and roll nightmare at one point. Yeah, I think. Right, and, yeah. Um, and rubber it, chickens. Yes. <laughs> and it also reminded me of like, uh, there's a, I saw some recently some footage from an Iron Maiden show from like 1984 where they had this giant radio controlled Eddie that was like making its way across the stage. It's like live after death or something. It's something like that. <laughs> yes. And it's not moving its arms yeah. and like just kind of, you know, lumbering. Even when I was seven, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been scared of this thing. But I mean, like it just didn't get the desired effect. But like this, this close up where you see the wire thing and um, the bandages are coming off and like it's 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 like skeletal, but it's invisible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a really cool visual effect. Yeah, it looks awesome. It and it can look a little silly, the shirt floating around, like yeah. Three Stooges esque, you know. Yeah. But um, it it looks good. But it's, like it does look good. It's, it's a, just so impressive that they were able to like make an actor disappear. Yeah, you know. And he's like in the shirt, and he now he's toying with them. He's like, "Hey, you can't see me, ha ha." Yeah. But I'm a shirt, and they're the cop is like. We have to get him. You know, if he gets naked, we'll never find him. (laughs) That's the the best deduction he's made so far. He he says, if he takes his clothes off, we'll never find him. That's exactly the line. Right. That's that's a good thing, cop. Good thinking, you know. (laughs) You've got to get this naked guy. Imagine tackling this naked, invisible guy. I mean... You might grab the wrong thing. You definitely would. (laughs) And I... At this point, like, I guess when, when they see the shirt... Like just in the air, you just got to open fire. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and this I, is a monster. Exactly. Blam. Yes, because this what I'm looking at hey, is the not the NRA human. sponsored. The film. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's well. right there. So yes, <laughs> we already got a right wing sponsored film. Um, 
So <laughs> I wish I looked up more like about that. Like I, how did I miss this? I, I, I cause it's like two seconds long, like right at the beginning, like okay. probably just like, all right, that's the universal logo, blah, yeah. okay, whatever. Cause I was so excited yeah. to see the universal logo, the old one yeah, with I, the old little like prop airplane. Yes. And then I missed the, the, yeah. oh my God, the NRA sponsorship. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, James Whale must not have signed off on that because, you know, no, he, he no, would no, never no. have tolerated such a thing. No, that, that was added post. Must have been, yeah. yes. Um, anyway, so he finally takes the shirt off and then you see the window open and the, they're like, he's going out the window and they go to the window and then, no, he's not. He's like, ha, I fooled you. And he yeah. runs down the steps. <laughs> <laughs> and he starts knocking over the, the grandfather clock. Knocking and, everything off the wall. Yes. He's like causing a, a ruckus instead of just escaping. <laughs> Because this guy's mad. Yes. You know? <laughs> and it's my favorite Uno Connor moment because at the bottom of the stairs, the innkeeper who he like threw down the stairs <laughs> is like reeling from his injuries and she's comforting him and just going, ah! I'm not going to yeah, do it in the mic, but she's yeah. just screaming and doing nothing else. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's spectacular really. Cause it's, she, <laughs> you'd be tired after this much screaming and she's just, no, she's not right. winded at and, all. And he's screaming. He's like, ha ha ha. An invisible man can rule the can world. Rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> and he starts knocking over objects in the yeah. village and like, you he, know, he runs out and he steals a bicycle from uh, someone and rides away. And it's an, you know, yeah. a bike just going down the street yeah. by itself on a pulley or something. Man. I mean, geez, it, Dude, and he knocks over a baby carriage. That is the weirdest move. When I see that, I'm, I was shocked. I was I like, know. "No way, dude!" Yeah. Okay, so this guy is this guy is a bad dude. He is because exactly. he just threw this baby in the street for no reason, just and, for shits and giggles. And he commits mass murder later on, you know. Yeah. Um. And but but this one, like, you're like, oh man, dude, that's that's not cool. He uh, <laughs> when he gets off the bike, like the, some people are chasing him, and he grabs the bike and it lifts in the air, and he's like, "Here's your bicycle," and he throws it at him and like <laughs> hits the dude in the face, I like know. knocks him down. <laughs> like, holy crap! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so he's on the rampage, like he's on the run, and yeah. and he's he's dangerous. He is because he just assaulted all these people, threw a baby in the street. Ugh. He stole a guy's hat. Like what an <laughs> asshole! <laughs> He did. He did steal that hat. You're right. <laughs> he also um, uh, he stole. He he like knocked over a broom. Yeah, and, what and a, a broom! Exa- no way. It's some chaos, dude. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I looked for it. I could not spot a single wire. You know, I so, saw a couple you did? throughout the movie, but I, I watched it on Blu-ray, so maybe oh, the high def okay. helped. But um, but mostly it looks pretty good. Pretty Mine was solid. a standard def Amazon Prime rental, so okay. I, I, I didn't get the full effect. So you, um, you only paid like two ninety nine, something like that, like yeah. four ninety nine exactly. for the, right. the yes. UHD no, or whatever yeah. they call it. Uh, but they they did a pretty good job hiding the effect. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure that the wires do show up on Ultra HD and Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, <they> probably do. <laughs> but it's still awesome. Yeah, it still, still looks still pretty really good. good. Um, so we get a scene of the scientist talking again about all right. So what was he working on? You know. Uh, we, we need to figure out, we need to help this man. We need to find him. You know? Right. And they find out like they see an old note with like his chemical list and he's got like something on there called monocane, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's a real thing. It uh, sounds fake to th- me. It is fake. Yeah. Th- there's no link to it anywhere I could find. Apparently it's a flower from India. Um, and it draws color from everything it touches. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. And one time it made a dog pure white and it drove it raving mad. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. 
So we're making up some like stuff here. And, yeah, some mumbo jumbo. Yeah. Is what, <laughs> I mean, is, like it's it, they, oh, they, it's a flower from a faraway exactly, land. Exactly. Yes. We're, we're yeah. gonna yeah because we were still exoticizing the Far East at this yeah, point. Right. You know. Yeah. It's from India. You know. Yeah. Oh uh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's a little ignorant. It is, and it's it's definitely of the time. You know? <laughs> um. So yeah, they they know something's up. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be messing with this flower. <laughs> And, uh, like, they don't put together that he's an invisible man now, but they know that this monocane is something you shouldn't be trifling with, and uh, it might have made him sick. Right, yeah. And then the next scene is Kemp in his, like, smoking room or whatever with with the picture of Flora up on the mantle. Man, what a He's sitting there reading the paper. He's got... And, like, the door... Like, the window behind him kind of opens, and uh, by itself. So, obviously... Griffin is there, right? Yes. The Invisible Man has entered the window. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, and as that happens, you hear a radio broadcast go live, like, this village has reported the Invisible Man, blah, 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 blah. And Kemp puts two and two together. Oh, no. Griffin was working on some kind of serum that, you know, <laughs> would change your color. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, he knows yeah. it. He's like, oh, no. He puts it That's together. what he was working on. Uh-huh. He's invisible now. So he knows it's him. And then you hear a voice out of the thin air just say, like, I forget what he says exactly, but he, he sneaks in him. and he's like addressing him invisibly and tells him like, hey, get me some clothes. You'll be a lot more comfortable if you can actually see me. Right. Which is true. Yeah. You know, you, know, you got to groom this guy to help you. And <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Because like the whole thing he's proposing is essentially he's since there's no antidote um, and there's no, you know, hope for one anytime soon. I need someone to help me like, you know, navigate the world. Right. Um, he's going to stay invisible, um, but he needs a visible partner to, you know, like run interference. Right. And until um, we find a cure. Yes. And there, there's a really impressive effect where he like, you know, he says, may I have a cigarette? And he gets like, you know, yeah. the, the, the smokes out and like you, you see the matchbook like just go in the air and uh, the, a match is struck. The cigarette is dangling there. Yep. It's lit. The whole thing. I mean, like. They went to all that trouble that, that we mentioned earlier yeah. for this one effect of, of someone smoking a cigarette, an invisible man smoking a cigarette, and it's really good, really right. effective. Yeah, I don't think we can overstate how important these effects are to yeah. the movie and just uh, movie history. Of course. I mean, this everything from here on is like going to be compared with what they achieved in The Invisible Man. Um, and and it's it's from a technical perspective, obviously, this is, you know, like next level stuff, but also... Uh, James Whale, his contribution to film is, it's not underrated probably. Um, well, it probably is underrated because it's not enough people talk about it, but like he was, he was a really smart, uh, filmmaker. He was also a really tough guy. Um, not only had he grown up poor and fought in world war one, but he was openly gay in 1930s America, Mm -hmm. which I mean, that's unimaginable, right? You know, and his friends also knew him for a sense of humor, and what he brought to all his films was this incredible wit that we see on display here. I mean, like, Claude Rains puts a lot of stank on it when he when he threatens Kemp with all this horrific violence. Yeah. Um, and in 2023, it's okay for us to get a big kick out of that, uh, but it wasn't okay 
1933. Um, it was very subversive, but but audiences didn't know what to what to make of it. Do I laugh at this performance because right. it's very funny, but like it's also really scary, you know? Yeah. Um, nobody else was doing this kind of stuff. Um, and this is a black and white movie from almost a hundred years ago, but that unique wit gives it a timeless quality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could, you, this movie's so rewatchable. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. It's like, it's just a pleasure every time, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so he's trying here to get Kemp to help him. Right. Like, and he's playing it like, Hey, help me get better. But he, he's so mad and raving at this point that. He kind of like lets it spill. Like, yeah, I need someone to help me, you know, commit a few murders and stuff like that. <laughs> he just full on says it. Yeah. yeah. He's you like, know? basically tells him, hey, we're, I'm going to take over the world yeah. and I need a lackey. And um, <laughs> I'm making you my lackey. I know. You're the right man Under for the duress, job. We're, we're a team. Wow. <laughs> it's it's like. We're, he calls him his partner. Yeah. He's not your partner. You're forcing him to do this. <laughs> I know. I know. He he tries to make it look like he's got an some kind of equal footing. No, he doesn't. Yeah. No one will love you like I love you. <laughs> Don't leave. That's it, dude. <laughs> yep. Maybe is, Flora should it, go with Kemp. It, it is true possession. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She she doesn't know what an evil guy Jack is yet. But um, yeah. It, oh, man. Right. How about you just be single? Well, that's possible, too. You, you don't know, need you, a man. You could do that. Exactly. Yeah. Um. <sighs> but here we are. Yeah, but um, here we are, 1930s. <laughs> right. Um, so <laughs> the plan now is we got to get my books from the, the inn because I had to flee, and all my notes are there. Right. And I can't find a cure if I don't have my research. So they plan to go back and get the books. And all the police are there. Like, the chief is there interviewing everyone at the inn. And he's saying, you guys are all crazy drunks, and, like, <laughs> you're making this town look foolish. <laughs> And he's like threatened. I had to lock up every one of you, you know, <laughs> yeah. like as if this guy has a, a local jail that could house this many inmates. For oh one my thing. gosh. Yeah. But also that, that, you know, <laughs> it would be like Nicholas angel, you know, like, like processing all these guys, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. at one, I mean, no, it's not going to happen, <laughs> you know, and he just won't listen to anyone. And they're right. not all drunk bums. Some of them are like respected members of society who are saying that they've been, you know, in some right. way affected by this invisible man. And he, even the policeman who, yes. who got choked out by the naked invisible man is, yes. is there with his testimony. Exactly. Is, is your constable also nuts and drunk? I mean, I, it, you know, uh, has, has he, has he, he probably is, is half the time I mean, in this town, right. in this town, That's true. he looked like he was fumbling around a little too That's, much. He was half in the bag most of the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> nothing else to do uh, but anyway um so he sneaks in the front door invisibly yes. <laughs> and uno counters like those darn kids open the door again and she goes out and kicks these kids out who are looking through the window yes so but and no it's honestly, invisible man uh, uh, and bad on you una like you have to know it, you've seen an invisible man yeah he could be around at any time oh no that door opened for no reason it was the invisible man. Obviously, it's the invisible man. Get over there and start <laughs> kicking the air or whatever. Just, you know. I do love, like, once they accept that there is an invisible man that exists. Yeah. They start, like, taking nets around everywhere and, like, <laughs> yes. like just to make sure he's not standing there. Right. <laughs> it's pretty. It's a smart move. Yeah. You have to. Um, and when Claude Rains said, you know, an invisible man could rule the world, he wasn't kidding. <laughs> no, because... The, the lengths that these people go through just to try to find this guy yeah. is damn near impossible. Oh, of course. 
you know, invisibility is definitely an awesome power. And the movie makes that plain with his monologues. Yeah. Because it makes you think about the idea of, you know, something we've all pondered, you know, the power to be invisible. It's the question we always ask, you know, would you rather this? Or what, what would your superpower right. power be? And inevitably, almost everybody says, I'd love to be able to be invisible. Yep. You know, um, because for whatever reason, we, we think about all the mischief we could get up to. Um, and you yeah, know, it's, we'd it's, be living a porky's life, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. I know. <laughs> it would suck. I mean, it just like, no one would have any privacy ever again no. because there'd be like, you know, and, and it's, it's a terrible thing, yeah. but it's, it's also just part of what, you know, it, it's, it's a feeling that exists right. in, in humans. It rings that, true know. though. Not even just invisibility, any kind of power or advantage yes. throughout history in the wrong hands. It goes bad. Yes. It, it never does. works out well. Right. For people. Um, And even later in the film, he's talking to Flora later and he's like, uh, with, with my discovery, you know, uh, well, I'll offer my secret to the world and, and the world will, uh, it'll be worth millions and they'll sweep the world with invisible armies. Yes. Like, yeah, that's what will fucking happen for right. real. If this, imagine if it wasn't just this regular old scientist guy who became invisible. What if Hitler got invisible oh my or God. something like that? You know, I, I, that's, if Insane. The, I know, or or and, and an entire army, like yeah. he says. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah, that would be a, a terrible power unleashed on the world. And he's 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 all happy. He's like, yeah, I figured this out, and I'll be rich yeah. and powerful. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll sell his secret to the highest bidder, and they will, you Oof. know, uh, just you know what? Claude Rains has more in common with this Casablanca character than I thought in this movie. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's true. He's mad at Flora for getting in, yeah. interrupting his little romances. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he goes and gets his books and he drops them out the window, right? Because yeah. he's got Kemp waiting outside to get them. And it's a cool effect. The window opens and the books float out and it's, then they drop. Dude, I mean like... It's neat. And and I, I don't know... I know that like with the invisible, with the any shop where the invisible man is there, they had to use that process we talked about. Yeah. But I don't know if how how often they had to use that process with other like invisible man. I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it is just like string work and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, there's some shots where it's definitely not like especially the smoking scene. Like that's obviously not strings. Right. And there's the 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 sequence later on where. Um, the invisible man is beating up Kemp outside the car. Um, yeah, yeah. Like that is really and he, impressive. Like, drags him out of the seat and drops him. Yes. On his back. Ooh. And you see him like being carried through the air. Like, like, like you see the actor just like floating there. Yeah. And it's cause the invisible man has him in his, he's like subdued him and is throwing him back in the car. Um, yeah. Wow. To call it him. I mean, I, I've been saying the word impressive. I mean, impressive doesn't begin to, to, you know, to cover it. I mean, like this is, this is some truly amazing work. Right. And it's, the movie gets more and more scary as it goes on because he slips further into madness and you know, he starts killing people actually, like he says he's going to do. Right. And he even betrays Kemp because he was going to betray him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah, it's actually got some stakes. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, it is, it is life and death now because I mean, he, he's already told, like he's, he's told Kemp and Flora what he plans to do with this power. Yeah. Um, and we've already seen him like use his power for, for bat for, you know, like dastardly right. shit. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, he's 
talking about how he's going to commit some murders. Um, and and yeah. we're, we're enjoying kind of reveling in Claude Rains's wit. But, you know, obviously, if this was happening in real life, yeah, it would be a pretty terrifying scary. thing for sure. Exactly. Um, so he they leave the inn and they got the books. I mean, he does more shenanigans. You know, he pours <laughs> ink on the chief. This is when he drops the yes. bar stool on his yes. head. It, it's, <laughs> it's, a, like, it's a good moment because yeah. the, the, the chief like finally gets what's coming to him. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he knows that like, uh, the, the villagers were right all along. Yeah. And yeah, he, he then, uh, you know, gets brained with a bar stool. Yeah. <laughs> and Not now this bad. is when the APB gets, uh, issued. Yes. Like, <laughs> Invisible man on the loose. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and you get your final uh, Una O'Connor scream in this scene, too. Oh, man. I think. Yeah. So good. She, yeah. she doesn't die or anything, but yeah, she's on that like pool table just uh-huh. shrieking. Right. <laughs> <It's> awesome. <laughs> oh, man. And I just realized, too, that I, I think we were right before when uh, I said that it was the like 1930s because, of course, there's a radio there. That's not Victorian. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 that's I, true. I, yeah, I, I, whatever. Yeah, okay. it, it just it it feels like an old sleepy British yes, village. So it does. So yeah, I mean, I can see that for right. sure. Um, but yeah, now now the jig is up. Like all the cops are after him. Thousands of police and volunteers, you know, all after him. Um, and they can't find him. Right. Because he's invisible. I mean, that's the that's the, <laughs> the cool thing is that like whenever there's a nationwide manhunt, I I've had nightmares where I was the target of such a thing. Right. Um, and it's terrifying. Because there's nowhere to go. I just, I think of like the FBI's 10 most wanted and like, there's just a picture of no one. The first <laughs> <laughs> it's just a blank wall. Yeah. Like, like they took his mugshot, but he wasn't there. Yeah. Public enemy number one, Jack Kemp. And it's a blank picture. <laughs> the invisible awesome. man. Yes. <laughs> or Jack, Jack Griffin. Griffin. I yes. called him Kemp, but yeah, Griffin. Not, not Senator Jack Kemp. Oh no. Yeah. No, not him. He's number two. Right. <laughs> oh man. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a great scene like a parlor scene almost where uh griffin is explaining the jack like hey so you know i'm invisible but i can't eat food because you'll see it in my body and right. all this and and rain bounces off of me he's revealing his weaknesses basically yeah. like if i get dirty you'll see the dirt and smog i can't go into a smoky room because it'll stick to my body and <laughs> So makes sense. Yeah. You know, I can't walk through snow. The footprints will reveal. like he knows everything. Right. Like, he's like, yeah, I got to be careful with this. And it's a good way of like, you know, not only said like cataloging his weaknesses, but he's doing it to the right person. Yeah. He has chosen Kemp as his um, like his sheath, uh, apparently. Right. And he so, needs to help him and protect him and yeah, understand. Exactly. Yeah. So um, like if he's going to reveal this to anybody, it's going to be Kemp. Yep. Um, and I do love how they always touch on he's cold. Because he's naked, man. And he's yeah. out and it's snowing and it's cold, rainy England. And yeah. like, yeah, he's freezing this dude. I mean, to to, to make a, a journey like that with no clothes on. Yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter if you're invisible. You can't fly. You, yeah. It's going to just be on foot the whole time. You're going to get frostbite and still be invisible. Ooh, man. Invisible frostbite. Holy shit. I never thought I had to fear things like that. But <laughs> right, exactly. It, imagine real, frostbite man. if you're visible. Oh, yeah. Now imagine it invisible. Oh, my God. No, thank you. <laughs> invisible frostbite. <laughs> it's probably the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever invented. <laughs> uh, but so now Flora kind of finds out that, oh, my God, Jack is back. You know, I didn't mean to make the <laughs> I didn't mean that. But, yeah, it came out that way, I guess. She overhears a phone call with her dad and Kemp, right? And it's like, all right, Jack's here. You yeah. know, we I need to see him. So they go over to Kemp's house because they, they know he's there. Um, and Kemp is like sneakily calling them like, hey, he's here, you know, come over. And then he calls the cops also. The cops, come on. Uh, because 
Griffin is like sleeping in the other room. And that's the cool effect of him like getting into the bed. You see like oh. the imprint in the bed and on the pillow and yeah. all. I like that. It's a really good effect. I mean, like, especially with the the, the pillow marks, um, mm-hmm. like it it creases just exactly the way your right. the human body does. And and they they somehow manage to capture that effect. It's it's so it's so just like a, a massive effort for for a small shot, but they really took time and care yep. in making this happen. Yeah, and he like lifts up the blankets and like pulls them back over him, and there's like a hump there. Yeah, the blanket. I know. It's like, man, this is an awesome shot. Jeez, that's so and good. It's not necessary, but like, right? That's part of the draw of this movie is these effects are so amazing to see because the 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 work that went into them, like you said, how how maybe unnecessary some of them are. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still like it's just insignificant moments of life that you have to capture because someone is invisible. And that might mean someone putting covers on right. or they're washing their hands or whatever. Well, now you got to recreate that with someone who isn't there. Well, you think about today, like when there's like new effects, like Avatar came out. Everyone's like, oh, my God, these special effects are yeah. unbelievably amazing. Like right. they've never been seen before. Stuff like this. Or, or like when CGI was like T two came out, like yeah, and T one thousand was this liquid metal guy, like that was totally groundbreaking. It like, is, yes, it made it an event. You have to see this, and this is like obviously it rivals, you know, like stuff like that, like T two. I mean, like because the, the the great thing about Terminator two and the liquid metal thing that that effect still looks good. Yeah, like you watch it even in in super HD, and it's like it it's you can't see the strings yeah you know um this well, jurassic park like yes. the dinosaurs in the original like they yes. still look phenomenal and i mean i it's it's i guess you can only compare it to like cgi because like this is like this was for its time i mean like this was the height of what you could do with it special looks effects. like modern green screen yeah it does um and it was just black velvet it's, superimposed on other film man, negatives like this was so good this was tough hard work it wasn't I pressed enter on my keyboard and now there's a guy flying. Exactly. It It wasn't wasn't a guy wearing a suit made of ping pong balls. (laughs) Yeah. It it was just, you know, yeah. We always rag on that, but like it is an amazing technology. Yes. Obviously a lot of work goes into what the CGI stuff. It's just that like I, the, the, my, my biggest beef with it is that I don't like when it's the whole movie. Yeah, you right. Um, yeah. Because it, it's supposed to be something that you use to like clean up or like to get a an otherworldly shot, you know, something yeah. that, that doesn't exist in our, you know, man, it's <laughs> like when I, when I, when you watch behind the scenes of like Phantom Menace and you see just Ewan McGregor yeah. and, and Liam Neeson fighting Ray Parks with, and it, they're literally in a room that is just green screen. The entire thing is green. It's come on, come on. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, this movie. <laughs> okay, so is this better than Phantom Menace? Let's say that. Is it better? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm joking. Okay, yes, it's yeah. a better movie. Yes, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> yes absolutely. <laughs> anyway, um, back to this movie. Okay, uh-huh. um, where are we? Um, Flora goes to, to meet Jack. You know, they go to Kemp's house. And so Flora and her father both go there. Right. And Griffin sees them like, hey, what are you doing in this room? Oh, you called them? Why'd you call them? And he's kind of upset. Like, you're not supposed to talk to anybody. You're supposed to be sleeping right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they show up and he's like, hey, they want, they are, they're here to help. Like, they love you and they're here to help. Flora's here, you know? Right. And they think that, you know, Flora is going to be his downfall. Like, his only weakness. We got to get Flora involved to talk some sense into him. Yes. Um, and, 
you know, he, he is very uh, gentle and loving with Flora yeah, in the conversation. Um, he, he reveals what, what we talked about earlier about like yeah. selling his secret to, you know, like, he gets a little maniacal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it, he's never like, uh, I don't know, in any way hostile with Flora. He's still like, he, he wants to marry her and he, he wants them to yeah. have a nice life. You can be the queen of the world with Exactly. Me. Yeah, yeah. That's what he wants. That's what he, <laughs> that, that he's, he's making that offer to her. You know, um, which is, it's not great, obviously, because <laughs> she's not going to have a good life. Right. Usually when um, a man of power tries to take a hand of a woman who yeah. doesn't want that, yes. um, it doesn't end well. I mean, you know, <laughs> in this case, like, she loves the man, but she loves the man before he went nuts. She loves Jack Griffin. Exactly. Not the invisible man. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he almost like... It's almost like a business transaction for him in the end because he he doesn't like cast her out. He just kind of tells her, "Well, I guess this isn't going to work out. Goodbye, my dear." Oh man, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, but, you know, she didn't she didn't accept it, and she doesn't want to live. You know, like she wasn't like a tyrant. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's not going to work out. <laughs> exactly. This is when Kemp needs to swoop in. This is the moment. <laughs> yes, that's true. Right. <laughs> this is the moment. Right. See, I'm not invisible. <laughs> I'm here for you. You gotta know how to pick your spot. <laughs> yeah. Kemp. Come on. Um. <laughs> but now the cops show up also because Kemp called the cops. Yeah. And they circled the the house arm in arm. They're like they're not getting out of here. They leave huge gaps. You idiots come on this guy's invisible he's just gonna crawl right through and and dude his, which is what he does his counter to their their <laughs> like uh like arm and arm blitz yeah is he picks up the one guy's legs and does a wheelbarrow from behind <laughs> yeah, the formation it's so good and the guy's floating in the air he's spinning him oh in the air. man he yeah he full-on picks him up and like takes him out of like the arm yeah. and arm thing and he just starts flinging him around and and this guy is just floating through the air and claude rains is like is like laughing maniacally in yep. the background <laughs> and, and even before the spin rooney he does he, <laughs> he's like knocking the hats off the cops yes. he's pinching their noses sure like he's he's like dude i'm invisible you ain't gonna get me exactly he starts doing not with a, that move nope he's he's doing larry fine you know <laughs> right. like like with the cops and i just love like claude rains I mean, we can't say enough about his performance obviously but like he's not there because it's Claude Rains, he has this amazing presence. Uh-huh. Like even when he's not on screen, yep. and you're just seeing like invisible nose pinches. Like <laughs> you hear him like laughing about it, and you know making comments, and it's just it's so damn good. It and is it's so funny. It is, and he he escapes because these cops don't know what they're dealing with. No, they had a they had a a kind of a good idea. Like all right, we gotta make a barrier he can't get through. They didn't execute very well, right? But they had a good idea. It was a, it was an okay idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it, it is because if you can make like a a full wall that he can't penetrate, then you know that's a good idea. But but there's spaces <laughs> in between people's heads. Right, exactly. You, know, you can just like jump through it, no yeah. problem. Which he that's he just gets away. And then there's a scene of him skipping down the street in his it's just pants. <laughs> yes, it's a pair of pants skipping down the street after the screaming woman, and he's singing like "Pop Goes the Weasel" or something. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> he just put on pants to do this. I love that shit, dude. Uh, he had to be. Are they the cops' pants? He didn't pull the cops' pants off. Did I can't he? remember now. I don't uh, remember the cop losing these his pants. pants. <laughs> he might have just found some randomly and decided to put them on. Well, yeah. And I mean, I and that that that's part of your power when you're invisible. Is like, yeah. well, okay, I I really like those pants. I'm gonna put them on. Yeah. You know, invisible pant power, man. 
<laughs> oh uh, man! So and this, this is when he really goes on his rampage. He goes on a rampage now. He start because now everyone is like, "We got to get this." Yes. Like, before it was hundreds of people. Now it's thousands, a million people, or the whole the whole country is after this man now. Right. And he he does uh, something. I guess I guess it was something like maybe was he always wanted to do, which is to cause like a, a massive train uh, crash and. Yeah, he, he just flips the the uh, the track um, yeah. so that it goes uh, careening off oh, the off the oh, side of the hill. Doesn't it hit another caboose or something and then flies off the, the that, mountain yeah. or something? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, this guy is like full on. Like, yeah, I don't think before he goes invisible, he would have done any of this stuff. But maybe he had some like slight interest in it, just morbidly. I don't know. It could have been, yeah. But like, because the serum he took like drives you insane. Yeah. So of. Now he's doing all this stuff where it hurts people. Like he even like there's guys like hunting him down, right? And he's on a cliffside. He throws these guys over this cliff. Like that's it's, that's murder. It's pretty vicious. Up. That you is know? straight up murder. Yes. And then he causes the train to crash and fly off a cliff, which is awesome. Like little prop work in yeah. this movie. It looks really good. I know. Yeah. That 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 train crash looks looks actually like very realistic. And then he robs a bank. He pulls a drawer of money out of the bank and it just <laughs> floats through the bank yeah. from the teller's office, like all the way out the front door and no yeah. one notices this I thing know. just floating through the air <laughs> and he gets in the street and starts throwing money in there and he's like, it's money, money for everyone. Ha yeah. ha ha. Yeah. And like everyone just rushes in to get the money. And he's, <laughs> and at first you think he's doing like a Robin Hood thing, but that's yeah. not what it is. He's, he's like mocking just humanity. Oh yeah. And, and it's, and it's like kind of uh you know, wet pursuit of money, you know, Hey, yeah, there it is. Every, there it is. You cretins. Look how foolish you are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and before all this was when he killed was when he murdered Kemp. Oh no. I think this is right after this. Is it okay? I yeah. think it's right after this. Yeah. Okay. Cause they're going to use Kemp as bait. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Right? Yeah. You're right. You're Cause right. Cause now, because when he left his house in the prior scene, he escaped the cops. He told Kemp like, I'm going to come back at 10 o'clock and I'm going to kill you. Come back at 10 o'clock and kill you. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So now the cops are like, well, we know he's going to come back at 10. This is our only chance to get him. We have no clue where he is, but we know he will be here at this time. Right. So Kemp doesn't want to be bait. <laughs> he knows what this guy's going to do. <laughs> right. And they, they, I guess the, the whole angle for the cops is they, they dress up Kemp in his cop in, in a cop uniform. Yeah. Yeah. They comfort him. They're like, all right, we're going to sneak you out as a cop and he's not going to know you're there yeah. or whatever. But of course, he's the invisible man. You know, he's sneaking around and knows everything that's going to happen. And I mean, he might have been in their meeting. We don't even know. Yeah. You know, because th that's that's the great part about being invisible. You just, you know, appear where well, you're not supposed it's to funny. be. Again, like I said, the net, they have that meeting of their secret plan, which is this. <laughs> but they have like a net the size of the room and they like oh, walk right. the room to check that he's not there. That's right. Oh, it's a, it, that's a really smart precaution, actually. You know, it is. Uh, it's a I, giant fishing troll. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I guess it would do the job. Yeah, but but the invisible man can see you constructing it, so yeah, he he's just gonna what's going to avoid it ever, all the time but anyway. Yeah. So, but anyway, the Kemp uh, doesn't want to go with the plan. The invisible man knows the plan. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> and I I just love how the movie like makes it to where you don't know how this guy's going to be conquered. Yeah, like what he he laid out his weaknesses, but he's a he's five steps ahead of every plan they make against him. Yeah, um, and I. When we get to the ending, like, I love how easy it is to subdue yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. But it's so hard to find him. Right. Um, it's so simple. <laughs> it's just a dude yeah. that you can't see. Yeah. You know? 
But um, yeah, this Kemp's uh, fate here is that at 10 o'clock he's going to die. And they think they've foiled the plan, but they did not. They snuck him back. So they snuck him out and left him on his own. How stupid are these cops? I mean, you have to. You've got to have at least 10 guys with Kemp. You know, the the chain of custody for state's witnesses and, you know, uh, anybody yeah. who helps the authorities is for shit in this country and in England. And people get killed all the time unnecessarily. God. You know, like when when uh, Jack Griffin, like in this scene, he, he pretty much like tells uh, Kemp, you know, like essentially you were never going to get away with this. Right. You know, I was I was always going to be able to find you. And when I told you that I was going to kill you at 10 p.m., that wasn't bullshit. Yeah. Like, here we are, and you're going to die. It's awesome. Kemp gets in his car thinking he's safe, you know? Yeah. And then in the back seat, or even the passenger seat, I don't remember where he is, but he's like, hey, Kemp, it, you thought you got away seat? with it? Yes. No, you didn't. He almost pulls a Clemenza. <laughs> if he had piano wire, he would have yeah. just strangled oh, him right there. You know, rotted in the yes. own... Ooh, that'd be nice. <laughs> Invisible. <laughs> Hello, Carlo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, dude. Yep. Um, yeah, he's got cannoli and everything back there, right? <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, it, this this is my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. This is my favorite part. Yeah. Because it, it goes somewhere I didn't expect it to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> They fucking, he fucking murders him. He's got him in the car. Drive here. Get me a blanket, please. It's cold. (laughs) (laughs) They drive to a top of a cliff and he, he's got Griffin kind of tied up or he's got Kemp tied up. Like we said, he drags him out of the car and like, this is really intense stuff. I know. Drags him out, ties him up and puts him in the seat. And then he releases the brake and says like some really maniacal stuff to him right and just sends this car down this mountain and it flies off this cliff cliff and he tells him like yeah first you'll probably fly like a hundred yards and then you'll crash and maybe you'll break your bones in your arms oh, and man. then you'll tumble down some more and maybe hit your head on a rock and die like this this he really spells it out for him this description of yeah. what he's in for yeah i mean like you're just like oh man this is kind of scary and then it happens i know <laughs> And you see, it, you see the car just go woo uh-huh. off this cliff, man. It's like another miniature prop. And right. It looks excellent. And but they they had it explode. Yeah, it they, blows they, up. I mean, it's just like, dude, it's really it's a really good shot. Yeah, and he, he just murdered this guy mm-hmm. straight up. Like we've seen him do it before, but um, this is personal. It's, it's been building to this, yes. right? Like I said, they're they've been set up as antagonists, right? And now he's finally got the upper hand on this guy. Uh. And takes him out with no regret, no no hesitation. And you remember how we we've always made fun of the talking villain in other uh you know movies yeah. where, where they, they right yeah. they just like like fart Before around too I much. Kill, yeah, he goes Doctor Evil on him. Yes. You know? this one he does all he he does all the talking, but then he actually follows through and he sticks around to watch it happen. Yeah, and he makes sure it went exactly as he wanted. He doesn't leave the room. No. No, you know, he watches the the car go over and then he laughs about it. Yeah, because it went just like what he planned. It's, it's a shocking scene. Yes, I can only imagine what audiences thought back in the day. They were probably crapping their pants. You yeah, don't see, you would not see this. Yeah, I mean, they 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 don't know. You didn't see just like full on fiery death like this, I mean, right? Like in a movie. Yeah, I mean, like pre code stuff did do things that were more extreme than you know once they put that code in, but. Right. This was pretty far. I mean, because the, the, the central protagonist of the movie is committing these acts. You know, the star of the movie. 
Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and you're expected to like, you know, follow this character as the, the main uh, thrust of what's going on. Right. You know? And I mean, like the importance of this movie on so many levels, like yeah. just spawning the horror genre, you right. know, like you had Dracula a couple of years before and Frankenstein came out like the same year as this. Right. Uh, Frankenstein or, was 1931. Okay. So a couple years before James yeah. Whale also made that. Yeah. Like, these are the building blocks for everything we see now. I know. anti Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, uh, it's quite something. Yeah. And of course, you know, I, I've said some stuff on this show that makes me sound like I'm doing a Ted talk <laughs> and I don't want anybody to think that way. It's not a corporate thing, but I don't, I don't think anybody knows in the moment when they're like being a true innovator. I mean, like they, they know they're yeah. achieving something, but it's like they, they can't foresee that 90 years from now it's going to be looked at as like, Oh, this was, you know, something that gave birth to something big, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, but they had to know that they were like, uh, that what they were doing was a real achievement and they were obviously really proud of it. And, um, I think though that like James whale, um, and all of his crew and, and the people who, who we worked with all the time, they, they were almost like they were amusing themselves. Um, and in the process, they were entertaining millions and creating something really innovative. Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's quite something. And it was a new market, too, because yeah. this this genre didn't really exist. There were horror type movies before, but um Nothing like this. This was brand new. Like this is we're talking now, man. This I know. Is some, now we're really scary because <laughs> I, I I watched Dracula and it's it's not the most impressive. It's film. okay. Yeah. I don't like that one too much. It's right. not bad though. Right. Frankenstein's um, pretty excellent. Though. Frankenstein is excellent, and and you can see it's because of James Whale. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the key. Like Todd Browning would get better with Freaks later on. Now that's a Freaks that's is a excellent. Truly scary movie. Yeah. Um, but that's him just evolving. Like James Whale was just a little bit you know, further down the road, I right. guess at that time. Yeah. Um, th- this has wit and humor and scares, you yeah. know, which is like that in 1933, you're already this advanced. That's really amazing. Yeah. Um, we've talked about this before. Like this, this one invisible man is my favorite of the universal monster. Same films. Here. And Frankenstein is a close second. And it's because of James Whale. I know. For me, it's Bride of Frankenstein's number two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one's up there too. It's really yeah. good. But I think I prefer the first one. Okay. Um, I did, there was just something about him throwing that little girl in the lake. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> I know. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Back to this. So, so Kemp is fucking dead. <laughs> yes. yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and now he's on the run again. And he's sleeping in a barn, right? So so a farmer finds Griffin sleeping in this barn. He sees the hay moving and stuff. And yeah. I'm sure the cops have gotten a million leads like, hey, um, th- something weird happened here. Oh, it's yeah. the Invisible Man. You right, know? right. Yeah. But um, um, So who do they believe? Yeah, um, who do they believe? And in, in this case, they yeah, the, the farmer saw the hay moving. He also heard snoring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a good sign. Invisible snoring. It's yeah. yes. I mean, like if, if you know an invisible man is on the loose and you hear snoring underneath a pile of hay, well, there's a good chance that you've got him. Yep. So at that point, yes, please call the cops in. And, uh, you know, it's a shame for the invisible man. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's good for the rest of the world, but for him to have been gotten by something that like, if he had just worn like his CPAP or something like that, you know, <laughs> he would still be on the run. Right. Uh, yeah. But you know, here we are. Yeah, I'm sure it's 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 very draining to be an invisible man. I bet <laughs> so. to be on the run naked yeah. this much. I and mean, yes, yeah, you're right. New- All the effort he puts into his murders. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Yes, you're going to develop sleep apnea if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's hungry. Yes, that's true. Because he can't be eating food. He, he's not allowed to eat because they'll you see know, a hamburger floating down the street. <laughs> they know, like, oh wait, like that that hamburger looks half digested. That must be the Invisible Jeez. Man. I mean, like, can you imagine the most unmistakable sign of like, you know, oh my god, he can't just go to a, a, like a windowsill and steal a pie. Oh, yeah. You know, like they're gonna know. Yeah, he, you have to like he he can only feed I guess in the middle of the night when no one when no one will and be then out. he's got to dispose of it before he gets out there. I mean, I guess I and and would you be have able to the know? coffee on the steady? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> have it have it ready to go. So and is he he has to make sure that he shits in a toilet too? Because if he just like it right, obviously you know he can't just go where he wants to because then then they'll be able to know where he's at. Right, yeah, because they could track it. <laughs> He doesn't have invisible shit. No, that's true. It's established in the movie. That's true. You can see somehow his digestive tract. Um, I you can... <laughs> Jesus, wow, dude. Yeah, you know he's starving. That, that it takes days to get that out. Yeah, it's not going to be instant. Yeah, that that's true. Um, plot hole. I, yeah, this movie sucks. <laughs> you know, honestly. Uh... I, I bet I bet future <laughs> films like if they made it today, it, it would be a ten part series on Disney Plus, and they would get into all these issues. Oh yeah, and it would really drag. There'd be a whole episode on yes, this. Yeah. Yes, um, and Ugh. that's a real shame because you know this is what cinema is. Everybody, we we don't get into the reason we don't have these kinds of issues here is because it's a movie. It's self contained in yeah. ninety minutes or less. The, the the fecal plot points don't really exactly. matter. Exactly, we don't worry about that until ninety <laughs> years later. You know, right. Um, okay. All right. So we're at the end of the movie. <laughs> the farmer told them and the cops show up. Right. And they, what they do is they surround the building again. You know, try again. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, right? It's a good plan. They, they surround do. It. Yeah. And they, and they also like figure out kind of a, uh, like a five mile radius. Like they, they send, yes. you know, like guys, okay, you're going to hold here and, and you're going to like, you know, cover the north, m- south, multiple points. Exactly. Yes. Um, and they have the advantage, it's snowing. So they will see his footprints. Yes. Um, which they established earlier, you know, you'll see them. So what they do is they burn the the barn down. They set it ablaze. So he's going to be forced to either burn to death or try to escape. And they, they light it on fire, smoke fills it. He wakes up in the barn. He goes out the front door. And you see the footprints as he's walking through the, the snow. Mm-hmm. And it's an awesome effect because... How they did it, they, they had like a drop away floor that was shaped like footprints. So as as he was supposed to be stepping, like it would wow. just pull pull out and the snow would drop down and look like footprints being put in. That's so it's cool. An awesome effect. So they had to build like a stage up so that it would do that. Like that that's awesome. Right. Um and they see this and the cops fire and they shoot him and he just falls over and you see the body lump in, in the snow. Like the imprint. Yeah. Um I said that I love how simple it is. It it really goes to show, like, just being invisible, how powerful that is. I know. Like, this one simple man was barely taken down. It was <laughs> the luck they had to, for this to happen. Right. And it was a simple, like, one bullet shot him and he's dead. It's not like, you know, they got to get out a machine gun. They got to drop a bomb on him. They got to, like, cut him up in pieces. No, it's just this regular dude... Got taken out by one bullet. And I guess now, 
yeah in in today's if they made it today then if if they did everything like with the same story in this in movie um this ending sequence would have probably like sharpshooters on top of on hills oh yeah and they would like all like shoot at once like, right when and they he's saw the running and, yes, and, exactly no this is him just stumbling out like half awake you know he's still got the cpap attached to him probably <laughs> And he's like <laughs> kind of stumbling through the snow. Yes. Freezing cold. Because he's just he's just roused from Just sleep. woke up. He's groggy. Yeah, right. He hasn't taken a shit yet. Yes, you know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's that burger's fire. <laughs> it's like McDonald's. It hasn't even digested oh, yet. Max, it's, it's like stuck. Exactly. There's it's like a full a, burger. A full order of fries is just totally intact sitting there. <laughs> right. He's not even chewed. <laughs> That's a Big Mac floating around. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, but no, it's like, yeah, it would be snipers and running yeah. and quick cuts. No, this is stumbling through the snow and like one like one shot just takes yeah. him down. That's a great point that, that like like knowing how fatigued the guy must be. You yeah. Know, that, that he would be vulnerable in this moment. Yeah. It's almost anticlimactic yeah. in a way. Yeah. Because, I mean, we, we've been, like, speculating how are they going to get him. And in the end, it was the simplest solution. Yeah. You know, um, just wait for him to be tired and, and surround where he is and fire your gun. Yeah. You got it. And that's it. Right. They they go over and make sure he's dead. Like, yep. the cop, like, feels him. Like, yes. oh, my God. I'm glad they took that here. precaution. Yeah. They were like, let's make sure he's dead. <laughs> and and uh, I guess at that point, I know they couldn't because it was 1933, but you'd think that, like, okay, all right, guys, gather around, and they would just, like, empty their magazines right Oh, the, God. You know? Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, it's not great. I don't condone that level of violence against, you know, citizens, but this is the invisible man, and he's going to terrorize us if, yeah. if we don't do yeah. something about it. So he's not dead, we right. find out. They bring him to the hospital so he's invisible in a hospital bed <laughs> and they and somehow they know that when he dies he won't be invisible anymore yes because i'm a doctor and you have to believe me i mean it's so crazy the doctor comes out like like with a with a, a hey, shock audience 1933 listen to me see and he's like wiping his hands <laughs> yeah like you know just like dude you were not working on an invisible man just now <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and he says like i meddled in things that man must leave alone he gives a speech to flora before he dies yes. and stuff you know oh man yeah. i love the the uh, addition of, <laughs> of, the, of the guy with fast talking a hussy <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of this era without thinking of that i it lasted a long time yeah. too because i mean i you know it's in the killing as well and that's 23 yeah. years later you know yeah like it was really prominent in, like the 40s right and 50s yes uh, um, so yeah, he dies and fades back into existence. We see him, we get to see Claude Rains, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really good kind of dissolve back to life. Yes. Like, well, he's dead, but like back to visibility, it, it starts with like a skeleton appearing and then like some like muscle tissue and right. then the flesh. And then it's actually Claude Rains there. I mean, it, this, it looks pretty good. This took some doing too. I mm-hmm. mean, to, to put that together and, and, and you know, um, and for it to, to culminate in like him, like essentially being birthed into death, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's dying. So now he's reappearing and it's just, it's the first time Claude Rains appears on screen. Yep. And he does nothing but lay there. Yep. He's dead. Um, and thus is the end of the film, everybody. Yep. Anything else, Dave? We must mention obviously the career trajectory of Gloria Stewart. 
everybody, if you're yeah. listening to this, you probably know where you saw her for the first time. Um, yes. She was in Titanic. She plays yep. the elder Rose Dawson. And um, it's amazing to watch her in this movie 64 years before her most famous role. Um, she was working with James Whale in pre-code Hollywood. Right. And yeah. now she's in movies, you know, in modern times. And it's so cool to think about like how she had this, had this long career. And finally at the end of it, she got some real recognition where she was right. like, she was, uh, you know, nominated for an Academy award and she got to go on kind of the, uh, it was award season and she was on the red carpet and she was being interviewed for, you know, like, uh, for her role in the Titanic, but also just her, like about her career. And, you know, uh, knowing that like James Cameron, uh, she, she took her about four weeks on the set of Titanic where she was filming her stuff. And it wasn't just the, the, the scene where she's talking to Bill Paxton. Um, right. She also has the scene on the boat where she, where she throws the, the, the necklace in the water. I think she has like 20 minutes of screen time. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty, it's a yeah. sizable role. Um, and she was also end up like being interviewed later on for, if you watch the gods and monsters DVD behind the scenes, she's in that just talking about James whale because she knew the man, she knew him very, she knew him very well. They were good friends. Um, so she was a, a fount of old Hollywood information and she mm-hmm. was among us in modern times, which is really cool. Yeah. Really awesome. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes. So, uh, would you recommend this movie, Dave? Man, of course, yeah. The the, the Invisible Man is 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 a, a huge recommend. Everybody needs to see this. Yes, it does. It, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's it's a dynamite movie. It holds up today. It looks just as good as anything today. If you're gonna watch a Universal movie, a monster movie, this is my number one pick for everyone. Go to this one. Yep. It do- everyone loves Frankenstein, Dracula, whatever. I think Invisible Man is underrated, <laughs> right? But it's the best. I know. Um, I I think it's uh. It's just like for rewatchability too. Um, like this and Bride of Frankenstein are number one and one A for me. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. All right, so that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast. Rate it and review it, and most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. You can also go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yes, and we're on Facebook, Blue Sky, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies, and our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. That's right, and we have a question of the week. What is the question of the week, Dave? Uh, The question of the week, what is your favorite universal horror movie? Okay. Call the voicemail 628-400-DUDE, 628-400-3833, and let us know. And we're going back to the real world, Dave. No horror movies. But we're going to do do 1996's Primal Fear, directed by Gregory Hoblet and starring Richard Gere and Laura Linney. So until next week, I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And we'll see you next time. Uh-huh.